Hi, I'm Vince Nichols with BNP Paribas Asset Management. I'm here with Rena Ja, Senior Analyst on the Global Emerging Market Equities Team, as well as Mitten Vora, Senior Analyst on the Indian Equities Team. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about electric vehicles and emerging markets. Now, we know that China has taken a lead role in EV development with emerging markets, but how do we expect key markets like India to develop, and how can EV evolve in other emerging market countries? Thanks, Vince. First of all, there's a compelling case for electric vehicles in emerging markets because of climate change and heavy oil import dependence. As emerging markets rapidly develop, they're contributing disproportionately to global greenhouse gas emissions, with China and India among the top three emitters globally. The transport sector is the second largest source of emissions, accounting for 25% of the total, most of it coming from road transport. Now, high emissions have led to severe air pollution with significant health and economic impact. Transport emissions have driven elevated mortality in East and South Asia, while the World Bank estimates GDP impact of almost 7.5% in some Asian countries from welfare costs tied just to air pollution. Many emerging markets, especially in Asia, depend on oil imports for their energy needs, with India depending on oil imports for 85% of its requirements, with China's dependence at 72%. Despite a shift to renewable energy sources, reliance on fossil fuel-based energy remains high. So a shift to electric vehicles can help many emerging markets address their severe air pollution and foreign oil dependence problems. Now, there's no set roadmap for EV development across EM. China's road is unique, sharing some parallels with South Korea in terms of strong government policies and a well-developed battery ecosystem. China has clearly achieved global leadership in EVs, now accounting for over 50% of global EV sales, while also dominating the global charging infrastructure market. China's road to success has been driven by an ambitious policy framework and the benefits of a centralized government structure. It has been informed by multiple motivations, including the desire to reduce emissions, striving for energy independence, and industrial goals of becoming a world leader in EV. It passed far-reaching policies, including subsidies to drive supply and demand, and strict curbs on internal combustion engine vehicles in many cities, which have made EV ownership more affordable. Leveraging off its well-developed electronic supply chain, it has become a top provider of lithium-ion battery supply a critical part of the EV supply chain. Basically, China has built a full ecosystem around EV, which includes battery production, securing of raw materials, and a robust charging infrastructure. China has now become a significant market for both domestic EV brands and for global automakers, given the attractive demand demographics. I'll now hand it over to Mithin to discuss the EV outlook in India. Hi, everyone. This is Mithin here. India is the fifth largest vehicle market globally by volume, with annual sales exceeding around 3.5 million passenger vehicles. Yet the penetration is pretty low at 72 per thousand people, whereas China is around 340 per thousand people. With this kind of low vehicle penetration and the rising per capita income, the automotive industry in India is expected to be growing at much faster rate. And this gives the chance for the Indian economy to start a cleaner fuel slate and help reduce the carbon footprint. To get into perspective, the road to a cleaner fuel, which is EV, has been divided in Indian context by the government reforms and the automaker reforms. The government has been very proactive since 1998 
when they actually asked the Delhi the Delhi state to ban their city to ban their uh, public transport diesel vehicles and convert them to CNG. In fact, in 2001, because of the increasing legislations, India got its got its first EV car known as Reva. But due to lack of charging infra and high price of the EV car, the company couldn't do much sales. In 2008, the first EV two-wheeler was also launched in India, and by then, 2009, we saw a lot many unorganized guys from China and some organized players in India started supplying two-wheeler EVs, but still they didn't take much of the sales because of a high price, which continues to be a concern till date. The government has been much more focused. They have been pushing for conversion of diesel or petrol vehicles into CNG or EV. CNG has been adopted much faster than EV, where CNG stations have been increasing and the gas supply is helping this. This is more on the national tribunal and also the government with the help of the Supreme Court, where major polluting areas have been asked to shut their. Polluting public transport services and convert them into CNG. So buses, three wheelers, auto rickshaws, uh, and cars are getting converted to CNG, and then gradually of more of electric once the OEMs launch there. To put things into perspective, the Indian government for a greener fuel has decided they'll keep up with BS6, which is the highest Euro norms, and this will help further adoption of EV. The government has come up with two policies. The Fame One policy in 2015, where the outlay was around 127 million dollars, and the Fame Two policy in 2019, where the outlay is around 1.3 million billion dollars. Out of which 143 million dollars is dedicated only for charging infra. Around 2,700 new charging stations are expected by 2022, and the government has given subsidy of around 15 to 20 percent on EV vehicles. Which comes under this frame too. This is a much more symbolic gesture by the government, wherein they have they have promoted more of EV adoption with hybrid vehicles. The OEMs have also started giving up more of EV models. They have started coming up with new launches and also promise for more of charging infra. For India to get the EV roadmap in place, the interim solution will be a CNG and hybrid, where we see more of CNG penetration. And much more accessibility for a greener fuel, and gradually this will lead to a EV adoption where Fame Two policy actually gets much more uh, much more implemented on the ground, which starts from April 2019. This is from the India perspective. Uh, I will give it to Reena to continue. Nitin, um, turning to Southeast Asia, that region shares common ground with both India and China's EV journeys in two key respects. First is the ubiquity of the two-wheeler and three-wheeler market, which is ripe for electrification, and second is that growing urbanization and limited affordability underscores the increasing importance of shared mobility solutions, along with the potential for EVs. Now, the two-wheeler and three-wheeler market make up the bulk of registered vehicle fleets in Southeast Asia. Two-wheelers, in particular, are an affordable and convenient option given underdeveloped public transportation, rising consumer demand, and growing congestion. With electric two-wheelers, increased cost competitiveness versus conventional models, and with a lesser need for battery density and charging, there's considerable scope for more rapid electrification within the two-wheeler market. 
Now, despite this potential, most EV policies in the region have focused on the four-wheel segment, and most Southeast Asian governments have generally been slow to adopt EV, with some notable exceptions. For example, Thailand is trying to defend its leadership position as an auto manufacturing hub by becoming a green auto hub and has duly passed some of the most aggressive EV policies in the region. Meanwhile, Indonesia, whose capital city Jakarta ranks worst in the region in terms of air pollution, is aspiring to develop an EV ecosystem by leveraging off its abundant nickel reserves. Another common thread across EM is a massive urban shift that's expected over the next few decades, which will be accompanied by escalating congestion and air pollution. This, along with limited affordability and low vehicle penetration, implies a rise in shared mobility solutions, which in turn offer significant electrification potential. Now, ride-hailing and ride-sharing are emerging as some of the most exciting shared mobility solutions for emerging markets, with Asia now the largest ride-hailing market in the world with 70% share. Some of the biggest regional players, such as Didi in China and Ola in India, have so far made far-reaching commitments to electrify their fleets. Besides ride-sharing, electrification of public transportation is another fascinating shared mobility trend developing in emerging markets. With many countries still building a supporting infrastructure, there's an opportunity to leapfrog technology and go straight to electric buses. In fact, China leads in e-buses and controls 99% of the global electric bus fleet, with Shenzhen the first major city to fully electrify its fleet of 16,000 buses back in 2017. The e-bus market is also gaining momentum in other parts of EM, including Latin America, with cities like Santiago, Chile, recently importing e-buses from China's BYD. In fact, the Chilean government plans to electrify its public transport networks fully by 2050, leading the region in electrifying its bus fleet. Now, besides e-buses, Latin America's EV journey has actually lagged, despite similar motivations as Asia around cleaner air given rapid urbanization. This is primarily due to the lack of clear government support and poor charging infrastructure. This is also despite an energy mix that is particularly conducive to benefiting from EV, as Latin America has the highest mix of renewable energy in the world. Resources are a key element in building the EV battery supply chain. Now, while Latin countries are rich in key resources such as lithium and nickel, they have actually been behind in leveraging them to build a battery supply chain. In sharp contrast, China has been proactive in ensuring secure access to these key raw materials with its companies buying up stakes in projects and companies in Latin America and Africa to secure access to key materials like lithium and cobalt, further solidifying its dominance of the EV supply chain. There are many common challenges to adopting EV that cuts across emerging and developed markets. The biggest factors are a clear government policy in conjunction with solid charging infrastructure, which often creates a chicken and egg type situation. Cost considerations are another barrier, although timelines for cost parity between EVs and conventional vehicles are rapidly compressing uh, as fast-developing battery technology is bringing down costs. In conclusion, there's significant potential for EV to develop in emerging markets, but it will likely take very different paths across the various markets. Many markets share similar, similar goals, including health and economic benefits and energy security, which can be achieved if the road to electrification is accompanied by a shift to a cleaner energy mix. Thank you. And with that, I'll, I'll wrap up today's podcast discussion. If you'd like to learn more about our research on EV and EM, 
please watch our corresponding webcast or read our upcoming white paper. Thank you for joining us, and goodbye. This podcast presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.